Hey guys, welcome to Storehouse Media. We're so excited to have you joining us this week. Our heartbeat is biblical doctrine, so we are here as a resource to provide the gospel and biblical teaching and how those two things are inseparable. Join us every week as we tackle different topics regarding faith, life, and truth, and we hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hey guys, welcome back. Storehouse Media in the house, me and Gama on the mics. Uh, Gama apparently also on the tech tables because he does two roles now. Man, dude, it's a little hard, but you know what? We're here. We are. It's complex, but we do complex things. Yes, we do. So uh, we are pumped coming off of last week, especially because we got a lot of really good feedback in a day. You know, it's been 24 hours and we've had a lot of feedback Yeah. Uh, on yesterday's drop on does God exist, right? Yeah. Like, do we know that he exists? Yeah, which technically for y'all, that's last week. Yeah. Yeah. For y'all listening, that was last week. But yeah. for us recording, that was it was dropped the day before. Yeah. Yesterday. Yeah, so, yesterday. Uh, so we're pumped, <clears throat> pumped to be back. And just so you guys know, we are kind of following uh, along this apologetical theme, right? Yeah. Like we made a defense for God's existence yesterday, yesterday, dropped yesterday. Uh, but today we're going to make another defense uh, but it also it needs to it needs to flow into the point of our series, which is the value of life. And I think this is a very important uh, defense argument for the God of the Bible, and it's a lens through which we need to be seeing all of life and all of circumstances in order to truly understand the value of life and how great everything is. Um, and so, as we've looked at, right, like from the first episode in this season, if God has intention, then what does that say about creation? Right? Yeah. Uh, because we've established that all of creation is from God. It is through God and it is for God, right? Yeah. It exists for his very purpose. Uh, and now maybe not everyone is thinking through all the implications of that. And that's why we're here, right? We want to, we want to pop some questions in your head. If you're not thinking them, because our goal in storehouse media is to also be a resource uh, to build you up in your faith and to give you answers to hard questions and all these various things. So there's an age old question that we're going to consider uh, in this episode, basically. And it goes like this. If God is good and God is all powerful, then why is there evil in the world? Right. Yeah. Uh, and that's a foundational question that really should set the tone for the rest of this series that we're in, uh, because if we're going to find the value in life, we need to find it despite our circumstances. Yeah. Right. Good circumstances, bad circumstances. We still need to see the value in life. That way we don't just think life is valuable when things are going well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so obviously we're going to argue that God is good and that God is all powerful and yeah. yet there is evil in the world. And yeah. we're hoping to give you some logistical reasoning behind that. Yeah. But before we jump into that, let's first uh, set a biblical foundation for these two characteristics of God that we're claiming God to be right. Yeah. We don't want to just say God's almighty. We don't want to say God's good. Yeah. And scripture doesn't say that he is, yeah. you know? It's, yeah. We got to lay down this foundation first. Yeah. So starting out, um, God being almighty. So I'm going to, I'm just going to read five verses off that speak of God being almighty. And then we'll kind of, uh, discuss and dialogue that for a second. So 
Genesis chapter 17, verse 1, if you remember, uh, Abraham has already had Ishmael, a son with the servant woman, Hagar, and Ishmael is now 13 years old, and God's showing back up on the scene to let a- let Abraham, who's 99 years old, know, hey, Ishmael's not the kid, I promise you, yeah. you're going to have a kid with your wife, right? Yeah. And how does God introduce himself? It says, when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Mm. Right. So God introduces himself to 99 year old Abraham right before he's about to make him a very miraculous promise and say, just so you know, this is the almighty on the scene. Yeah. Uh, Genesis 18, 14. So one chapter later, when the news is being broken to Sarah, uh, Abraham's wife, she's 89 at the time. Yeah. Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return about this time next year and Sarah will have a son, yeah. right? So there's nothing too difficult for the Lord to do. It's yeah. not like he's not having to turn wrenches. And, and like I'm thinking about like when I'm working out and doing back squats or something, yeah. you know what I mean? There's there's times where I have to put forth actual effort to get the, the bar up, yeah. right? There's no such thing as, as that for God. Effort, yeah. Right, it just, he just, just can do it. <laughs> uh, numbers 11.23 Then the Lord said to Moses, has my arm lost its power? Now you will see whether or not my word comes true. Yeah. And so he's saying uh, how powerful he is, is to be able to bring his purposes to pass. Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 17. O sovereign Lord, you, you made the heavens and the earth by your strong hand and powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Mm. Nothing, no thing. Now let's go back to episode one or maybe his last week. Whichever one, when we talked about nothing, yeah, nothing is no thing, no right? Thing. So there's nothing on the list of things that exist yeah. that is too hard for the Lord. Yeah. Ephesians 3.20. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power and work within us to accomplish infinitely more, infinitely, immeasurable, infinitely more yeah. than we might ask or think. Yeah, I love the words, the words, right? And this is intentional. It's the Lord speaking through his word. Um, he says, is anything too hard? He mentioned, we saw two scriptures where it said too hard. Yeah. Right? Because like, it'd be one thing to say, is anything impossible? Like, for example, let's say someone who struggles with weight. They're very, very, very overweight. Right. It's not impossible for them to lose weight. No. But it's very hard. It is very difficult. Right? So one could say, like, man, it's not impossible, but it is hard. Right. But for God, it's neither impossible nor right. hard. Yeah. Like, it, it becomes effortless for him. You know, we talked about it whenever we talked about uh, creation, right? That mm. God did not have to spend six days no. making creation. Not even six seconds. No. Not six, it could have happened. Instantly. Instantly. The reason why he did is because he can do whatever he wants, yeah, yeah. but he does it, it. It was not too hard for him. Yeah. It, nothing's too hard for him. Yeah, and that's a cra- That's one thing when I when I especially talk to young guys who are struggling with different uh, addictive tendencies, yeah. sexual tendencies, and they're like, "Why can't the Lord just take it away?" I'm like, "No, He can." Yeah, but He's not. Yeah, right. And why isn't He? I don't know. There are people who have said, "Man, that that temptation was gone." Yeah, you know, for me and and my past with drugs. That temptation was just gone. Mm. You know, I didn't have to to fight and go through programs and all this stuff. It was just gone. The Lord just took it. Wow. But there was other stuff that he left very strongly, you know, <laughs> and he could. He could take it and people are like, oh, but free will. I'm like, yeah, and he could have changed my will. Yeah. Right? He can. Yeah. But he doesn't always. Yeah. And he's got a reason behind it. Yeah. Um. But all that being said, which was yeah. kind of a side note. Yeah. Uh, 
with that, let's define almighty for a second. Yeah. Right. So there's our passages. Uh, clearly it's that nothing is too hard for him, but also considering, uh, he's almighty would, would also be translated all powerful. And ultimately what that means is that whatever power does exist yeah. in any form or fashion is his. Yeah. It came from him. Yeah. There is no such thing as power that exists that isn't from him. Mm. And so he's the very source of it. You know, he's yeah. he's the the plug outlet on the wall, mm-hmm. uh, but he's the only one in all the universe. And yeah. so anything that needs power draws it from him. Mm. And at any point he could cut that off. Yeah. Right? Um so to be almighty means that wherever there is power, <laughs> yeah, that power is his. Yeah. It comes from him. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It reminds me, dude, of uh, like an extension cord, like mm-hmm. with like six outlets, but it's yes. coming from one outlet. Like yes. Power can be, can look different, can yeah. be different. I mean, the Bible mentions the power of hell, the yeah. power of the devil, yeah. the power of authorities here on earth, the power that we have over our sin through the Holy Spirit, yeah. different types of power, right? And one may think, well, so you're saying that because of God's power, the power of hell exists, the power of the devil exists. Technically, yes, because at any moment he could shut that off. Yeah. It's not to say that God is feeding into this power, but right. that power exists right. because God is all powerful. Yeah. And at any moment, just with one unplug, God could say, no more power, nothing. Right. And it would work just like that. And that day's going to come. That day's going to come. It's going to come. It's going to come. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Uh, but now there is this flip side, right? And Gama, this is something you and I talked about previous to the podcast. People will take this idea yeah. of all powerful. Yeah. And they'll go, well, because all things are possible with God. Yeah. Then God can change his care. God can lie. God can, you know, like yeah. but no, he can't. Yeah. Right? God cannot. That's biblically, God cannot lie. Yeah. Uh God cannot commit evil. God there are things God cannot do that doesn't remove his power. Exactly. That just runs a line with his character. Yeah. Because according to scripture, God is true. Yep. And truth cannot contradict itself. Exactly. And so some people are really, really quick to say, oh, because God can't do that. Yeah. He's not God, but actually it's those things he cannot do that make him God. Mm -hmm. For example, like the Bible says God cannot lie. Right. It doesn't even say God doesn't want to lie. It doesn't say that he hates, like it does say he hates lies. Right. But it, it specifically says he cannot, which means it's out of his ability to be able to lie. Absolutely. He cannot do that. Absolutely. And one thing we got to remember is that the Bible doesn't necessarily say he can do everything that exists because God cannot sin. God cannot lie. God cannot break promises. God cannot do these things. The Bible does say though that God, what is impossible for man is possible for God. Not that God can just do literally everything. And honestly, when I worship, I do say, God, you can do all things because in the context, it's like you can do all things by your will. But when people try to take that as a step further, like, oh, so, but God can't lie. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's impossible for a man 
to not ever lie. Right. We're just liars. Right. Right. Uh, it's impossible for a man to just never break his promise. We break promises. Yeah. But for God, it is possible. That's why scripture says, and I think it's in the gospel, and one of the gospels it says, what is impossible for man is possible, is God. possible for God. You have yeah. to keep that in mind. And yeah. you know, remember the question that we had brought up? I, I think this is a good time to, to talk about it. Is There's another question out there. I don't know how old this one is. I'm pretty sure it's old. But the question is this. Can God, and there's a the word can, mm-hmm. can God create a rock or a boulder that he cannot lift right right and so what are you what is your response to that i mean my response hopefully not to completely destroy the whole conversation here but my response is that the question in and of itself is outside of the context of what it means to be all powerful Mm. and therefore in a weird, it's like a contradictory paradox, yeah. you know, and the reason God can't, I would say no, my answer yeah. is no, yeah. but it's not because God isn't all powerful. It's because nonsense is nonsense, Yeah. right? You know, and exactly. that's, that's one thing C.S. Lewis says, even with questions regarding that, C.S. Lewis would say, well, just because you're making something sound lofty, it doesn't yeah. make it not nonsense, yeah. right? If it's contradictory, it's contradictory. Exactly. Um, yeah, dude. And my answer is no, too. Like, yeah. God cannot do that. And I would say it's not so much on God. Like, it's not that God cannot do that, but it's the 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 mere fact that anything created cannot be more powerful than right. God. So it's not that God can't do it. It's that creation cannot be more powerful than God. Right. Therefore, anything that's created, whether that is a rock or whether that's humans yeah. or angels or demons or the yeah. devil himself, anything created cannot be more powerful than him. Right. That's why the answer is no. Yeah. Well, and if you think about the question, and maybe I'm reading too far into this, but the question in and of itself only provides an option that is defeating for God. Because if he can create a rock he can't lift, then he's not powerful enough to lift it. Mm. But then if he can't, then he's not powerful enough to create it. Yeah. And so it's like there's no option, which is yeah. part of what makes the question, it sounds very intelligent, right? Yeah. But if you really think through the implications, it's nonsensical. It is. It's yeah. very nons- nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So that being said... He is almighty, biblically, and that means that all power belongs to him. Uh, So then our second question, so he is almighty, okay, that's good, uh, but is he good, right? What does scripture say about the goodness of God? Uh, So again, I'm just going to read, I think it's five scriptures again. I didn't mean to make it five and five, but that (laughs) happened. Uh, and by by the way, guys, this is not an exhaustive list of scriptures. It's just a few that I pulled out in a treasury of scriptural knowledge on the topic. A few of the many. Yes. Many, many. Yeah. Uh, so Psalm 105. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues to each generation. Psalm 86, 5. Oh, Lord, you are so good. So ready to forgive, so full of unfailing love, so, uh, I'm sorry, so full of unfailing love for all who ask for your help. Psalm 106, verse 1. Praise the Lord, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Uh, Psalm 107, verses 1, 8, and 22. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Let them let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things that he has done for them. Let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and sing joyfully about his glorious acts. And then lastly, Psalm one nineteen sixty eight. 
You are good and do only good. Teach me your decrees. So it's very clear yeah. in scripture that God is good. good, even to the degree that everything that he does it's is good, good right? Yeah. Uh, and if you notice, there's a lot of other words that run along with that, such as his loving kindness and his forgiveness and and all you know his unfailing love and all these yeah. various things, his faithfulness. And so those are important things to keep in mind. Um, but the bottom line is God is good. And so in order to define to, to understand what it means for God to be good, I think we need to define that really quickly. Yeah. Uh, and the reason being is because for a lot of us, and this goes along with the reason that we're doing this podcast in the first place, for a lot of us, God is good when the circumstances are, of our life are going well. Mm. And then when they don't go well, and by well, I mean how we wanted them to go, Yeah. suddenly God is not good, mm. right? And first off, we have to make a separation yeah. Right. We think good as a quality. Uh, so like if, if you know, if, if Gamma, if you work in a shoe factory, uh, you get, you know, a shoes produced and you pull it out and you check, you do a, a quality check on it and you go good and you check it. But then the left shoe comes out and you look at it and you're like, oh, no, stitching messed up bad. Yeah. The, the left shoe isn't evil. The mm. left shoe's quality is just not good. Mm. When we talk about God being good, it's not like a good shoe versus a bad shoe, as in some misstitch. It's good versus evil. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, and so when we say God is good, we mean that he's not evil. Oh, yeah. And I think when we say God is good, that also should be a pretty terrifying fact because we're not. Yeah. Right? And don't don't ever be misled by the lie that there are good people in this world. No. There are no good no. people. I've had the question asked to me countless times, Gamma, but if but are is God still gonna send a good person to hell if they don't believe in Jesus? None are good. <laughs> None are good. Man. And you know, the one who is good, Jesus Christ, when it was said to him, Good teacher. Yeah. He said, none are good except, except the God. Father, yeah. except the Father. So even yeah. Jesus, who could have said, yeah, you're right, I'm good. Yeah. Uh, you know, he even said, only the Father is good. Yeah. I think that's, like, literally, I had a friend send me a, a picture a while back. When I say a while back, probably a year ago. Uh -huh. uh, and it's me speaking at this little thing. And I'm like, I don't even know what I was saying, but I'm like holding this Bible, this intense look in my hand out with one finger up. Mm. And he sent it and he said, perfect caption, uh, none is good, no, not one. Because it's literally a line I'm known for yeah. from Romans 3 is none is good, no, not one. Yeah. Uh, which is Romans 3.12 for those of you who are wondering. Yeah. Um, in fact, the way Paul says it, no, uh, no one is good, not a single one. Not a single um, one. But I really think that should be the epitaph on my gravestone when I die. So, yeah. uh, Gama, if you're still alive when I die, please make sure and put that on there. I and will. if not... One of our listeners will hopefully be yeah, alive still. Yeah, one of them will be there. Uh, so on my epitaph, it should say, none is good, no, not one. Yeah, I got you, yeah, bro. Sweet. Uh, so, yes, there's no one who is good. God alone is good, and that means that God is not evil. Yeah. So now we need to do something as we've looked at that. Uh, let's define evil really quickly. And then let's go back to our original question. So what is evil exactly? Uh, first thing, evil is not an entity, right? Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, Satan is 
he is evil himself. Well, Satan is the embodiment of evil. Yeah. But Satan, like Satan wasn't created evil, Mm. right? He was first a guardian cherub in, in the, in paradise, right? With God. He was one of the closest of the cherubs to the throne. Yeah. Which means he can't be evil itself. Yeah. So then the question is what exactly is evil? Well, evil is something we do. Yeah. Right. And so when you think about, I'm trying to think of how to explain this best. When you think about evil, you can't think of it like God has this entity of evil in him. Yeah. Uh, evil is an intention. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Evil is an action. Evil, there's a lot of things that evil is. Yeah. But evil is not this, its own entity uh, that's within us yeah. or that's that's floating around in the universe and is dropping clouds of evil on people and then suddenly, yeah, you know, yeah, we're yeah. evil. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and then if you want to know how would the Bible define evil, it's very simple. Yeah. Treason against the throne of God. Oh, yeah. If, if The second, the very second you look at God on his throne and you go, I'm not submitting to you yeah. in that area. Yeah. That is evil. And that's yeah. where Satan, that's where evil essentially came from was Satan's choosing yeah. to not want to submit yeah. to the rule of God. Yeah. And so he was cast out. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, in a very, very similar way, disobedience to parents. Like, sure. Think about it like that. Disobedience in a very, very similar way as to how Daniel was explaining it is not this thing that's floating around. It's not this force. Uh, disobedience is something that you do deliberately against, like in, in the context of parents, right? When you disobey your parent, disobedience exists when you do or say something against what your parents have told you not to do. Yeah. Right. And so in the same way, evil exists only when an action has been done that is against what God has told us not to do. Yeah. So like when you do something God said not to do, that's evil. Yeah. All right. When you don't do something God has told you to do, it's just as evil. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's what evil is. And I think a good point to bring up is um, the, the understanding that evil, and this is going to help the, help the rest of the outline that we have for you guys. Evil could not exist unless good exists. Yeah. Um, kind of just like darkness cannot exist unless light exists right because there'd be no contrast there'd be no comparison you wouldn't know that that was dark unless you knew what was light yeah you wouldn't know what was an evil action unless you knew what was a good action right Uh, people quickly go but well before the creation of the universe it was all dark and it was formless and it was empty Mm -hmm. yeah it was empty and uh i I believe moses used the term dark because that's what we associate nothingness with right but not even darkness existed before the creation of the universe because there was nothing dark not even space yeah, it yeah. was darkness has to take up space. You yeah. know what I mean? There was none of that. Yeah. And so same with evil. Evil only exists because like we talked about last week, objective good exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, and with you know, with evil, with things like evil, um, also recognizing evil is an ability, right? Yeah. It didn't have to be created. Yeah. And that's one thing I think because a lot of people are like, Well, is God the author of evil as though he created evil? That's not necessary, right? Mm-hmm. God God is what we call immutable. In other words, he can't mutate. He can't change. Mm. Whereas people, uh, we can mutate. Yeah. We can change. Uh, you, Because God is eternal and because God is true, he has no capability of not being what he is. Yeah. Right? He has been eternally. 
Yeah. That can't change because eternity can't yeah. change. But when he creates beings that are contingent, which is what we talked about last week and the week before, yeah. they have to be mutable because they are the ones that are not consistent, right? Yeah. We Because we're contingent, we're dependent, we have abilities to turn to and from in certain directions. And so in creating even the angelic race yeah. was along with that, the capacity for evil, yeah, but not the creation of it. Mm. And so the capacity of, of evil comes along with free choice and the ability to pick. To choose. Right. Yeah. And Satan had the ability yeah. to choose right from wrong, and he chose wrong. Yeah. And then so a lot of people, a lot of my spiritual warfare nuts listening, you're going, you're saying evil isn't an entity. What about the demonic realm? So on and so forth. Again, they do evil. Yeah. They've been given over to evil. They've yeah. been given over to their evil choices. Yeah. Yes, they are they are lying and deceiving and doing all these things. They're using their ability to make evil happen. They yeah. use their ability to to sow evil into us, evil yeah. intentions. But anyways, I'm getting tired of saying the word evil. Uh, <laughs> so with that being said, defining evil for a second, just so we understand it's not an entity, because if it were an entity, that means God had to create it, Yeah. right? But God created all things good. Mm. According to Genesis 1, at the end, he looked at everything that he created, including yeah. the angelic race, Yeah. and saw that it was very good. Mm. So one thing we cannot deny is that evil is very obviously in the world. Oh, yeah. So we can only draw one of two conclusions. Yeah. Right? It would seem one of two conclusions. This is the Epicurean argument. Uh, essentially, if God is, uh, I'm trying to think how to word this better. Because there's evil in the world, we have to draw one of two conclusions. Yeah. Either God is good, but he's not all powerful and therefore he couldn't prevent it. Mm. Or God is all powerful but he's not good because he didn't care to prevent it. Mm. Right? Yeah. And so those are kind of the two directions that the argument goes. Yeah. And as majority of your philosophers throughout the, the ages would say, and even your Christian philosophers, yeah. they'll say this is the most legitimate argument against the existence of the biblical God mm. because it is very hard to overturn. Yeah, it's a very difficult one. Yes, because the Bible is clear that God is good, and the yeah. Bible is clear that God is all-powerful, and the Bible is clear that we are evil. Oh, yeah. So, uh, we have to, we have to look into that question in order to do that. A couple of rebuttals against the question that are logistical. And then hopefully we can provide also an answer for those of you guys who are suffering evil. Right. Yeah. Um, so the original rebuttal first off would be there's, there's a dilemma in missing the overall outcome. Yeah. Right. Uh, so we're in a room right now that has these big background papers hanging up on the wall that yeah. are supposed to offer, you know, a background other than a blank wall. And fun fact, a lot of you listeners believe what that we were, that this yeah. is real. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> it's not it's real. Not. <laughs> if you, if you look at the cover photo for our new series, you'll see the background pictures on the wall. And it's not real. Uh, it's not real. <laughs> but here's what I could say. Uh, so let's take these background images, right? Uh, if I, you know, if, if Gamma had never been in this room before and 
I'm like, all right, Gama, I'm going to show you something, but we got to blindfold you first because I don't want you to see it when you walk in. He's like, okay. So blindfold Gama, walk him in the room, and then I put his nose up against the wall, mm-hmm. right? And then I go, okay, I'm going to take off blindfold, tell me what you see. Take off blindfold, nose has to stay on the wall. Yeah. And all you're going to see is like some hues of, of red and white and gray. You know, yeah. you, you can't tell what it is. No. Nah. You're too close to it. Yeah. You need someone far away from the wall to be able to say, this is what you're looking at. Yeah. And so the dilemma with with saying, because evil is in the world, God can't be good or God can't be all powerful. Yeah. The dilemma is that our view is way too small to make that conclusion. Oh, yeah. Right? We are, we're sitting with our noses against a mosaic. Yeah. And we're trying to say we see the whole picture when all we can see is a couple of colors in front of our eyes that are really blurred together and we can't even see them well. Yeah. But God sits back on the far end of the wall and he can see the entire picture. You know, it's like uh, uh, if any of y'all have ever seen the cover for The Truman Show. Mm. It's it, the Truman Show. The cover for the Truman Show, which is a movie with Jim Carrey. For the else you don't know, shame on you. Uh, it's actually scenes from the movie, oh. blocked out, but it looks like it's just a big picture of Jim Carrey. Mm. But if you get up close, it's all scenes from the movie. Yeah, that's so, interesting. Yeah, and yeah. so God is seeing all the scenes putting together one gigantic picture. Uh, and the deal is that gigantic picture is good. Yeah. The end outcome yeah. is good. Yeah. And if that's the case, then whether evil is in the world or not, God has intended it for good. Oh, yeah. Which means God remains good. Good. And I don't want y'all to think that we're being lazy and we're like, oh, you know, your evil situation is going to end up for good. Like there is biblical evidence for this. And sure. the strongest one that I always like to use is literally the life of Joseph in, in I Genesis. I was just fixing to go there. Yeah, yeah dude. Yeah. Like how many terrible things happened to him? Mm-hmm. And it actually played out for good. Yeah. Both for him. And his family. And his family. Yeah. And for God. And, and for, for the Egyptians. nation. And for Egyptians. Yeah. The Egyptians got to see the power of God. Yes. And Man. so don't, don't, don't. Don't be so caught up in your situation yeah. to say God is evil because my situation is evil. Yeah. Like literally, Joseph had a dream, two dreams, yeah. that his family was going to bow to him in honor. Yeah. And then the next thing that happens to him, he's thrown in a pit, sold into slavery, and then locked up in prison for false accusation. Yeah. What in the world? Not only that, he had dreams in prison. Yeah. And he almost made it out. Yeah. And he still, still stayed got left. there. Yeah. He still got left. Yeah. So, like, again, you could say, yeah, that's evil, that's bad. But in the end, when he gets to Genesis 50, 20, and he tells his brothers, yeah. you meant evil for me. You yeah. intended evil for yes. me. But God meant it for good. He doesn't say God used it. Yeah, God meant it. God intended it It can't for be good. more clear than that. No. It can't. And so God, actually, the beauty of it is God is even using the evil intentions of mankind, the evil intentions of Satan, the evil intentions of the demonic realm to bring about yeah. good, yeah. right? And so our bad circumstances can equal a good outcome. Yeah. And that's Romans eight twenty eight. Yeah, I was that, just about to mention that. Yeah, yeah. that uh, God works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose, Yeah, right? All things. And we're not trying to be apathetic with your situation. No, if you're listening no. and you're going through... 
hell. Right. You're going through the toughest times. We're not here to say that your situation is meaningless, that it's not to care for, that it isn't important, it isn't nothing. Like, No, we're saying that, yes, it definitely takes a toll on us because we're human. We have feelings. We have emotions. We, we take on physical and emotional and mental damage. And life crises affect us yeah. really, really badly. And I know... A lot of stories of people just going through the worst of it. Yeah. But we want to convince you, first off, that God remains good even through your Absolutely. situation. And two, that at the end, it is meant for your good, especially if you claim to love the Lord. You yeah. have a promise that neither Daniel nor I have given you, but that God has given yeah. you that all things work for the good of those who love the Lord. Like, yeah. believe that. Yeah. Believe that. Don't let your situation define um, who God is because even even um, God told Moses whenever Moses said who, who, we talked about this we talked about this what do I tell the people yeah whenever they sent me yeah. he's like I am yeah tell them that I am has sent you we, we don't, God said do not let anything or anyone define me yeah. so that means your situation of evil do not let no. it define who God no. is and also for those of you Man, maybe, and you know, this isn't meant to be derogatory by any means, but maybe some of you guys just really aren't that well equipped on scripture, right? Mm -hmm. And what it teaches about life. And maybe a lot of you guys, you're fixated on a lot of motivational statements and even motivational verses mm. of scripture. And you're looking at your life and you're confused going, wait a minute, why doesn't my life seem to be adding up on this? Yeah. And essentially, and you know, it's, this isn't to throw stones, but you're, you might be falling into a more prosperity faith, you know? And so here's something I would strongly encourage. Uh, I would encourage to read a book of the Bible that you will never hear preach at a prosperity church, uh, and it's Ecclesiastes. Sit down with the book of Ecclesiastes and read it because what Solomon's going to do is he's going to give you the painful truth about the reality of our life. Of everything in the world. Absolutely. Yep. And so uh, if any of you are just confused and you're like, why is my life seem so off the charts in comparison to some of these big promises? Sit down with Ecclesiastes. That's yeah. just my strong recommendation. Read it all. Yeah. the whole. It it's only 12 chapters. Yeah. It's an easy read. It's fascinating because Solomon is so honest. Yeah. Man, he's so blunt. <laughs> I love that book. Dude, I love it too. Yeah. Dude. The first time I read it, I'm like, this guy is going yeah. through it. Yeah. And so, Man. yeah. So, all that being said, uh, one more logistical argument before we try, hopefully, to give you guys some kind of hope in the midst of your suffering, right? Yeah. Um, there is an argument that I don't know exactly who created it, but I've heard it through a man named Alan Plantinga. Um, and essentially it goes like this. Uh, if Gama and I, so let's say me and Gama decide, you know what, we're going to go do some wilderness camping, right? Yeah. And so we go out to the Sam Houston National Forest and we post up on this little spot next to the lake where I like to camp. Uh, we got our, you know, tents are set up, fires going and we're just hanging out. And I say, Hey Gama, uh, will you do me a favor really quick? He's like, yeah, what's up? I'm like, will you go and check your tent to make sure that our great Dane is in there? Cause we brought a great Dane, mm. a giant dog, right? Yeah. Gama goes over. If you've ever seen a great Dane, you can't miss it. Yeah. He unzips the tent. He sees a great Dane. He zips the tent back up, comes over, says, Daniel, great Dane's in the tent. Yeah. Right. Obvious. Now let's flip it. And I say, Hey Gama, and he's like, what's up, bro? And I'm like, hey, will you do me a favor? He's like, yeah, man. And I go, will you go check the tent? Go check your tent really quick and see if there's any dust mites in it. Mm. 
Gama's going to go over there. He's going to unzip the tent. He's going to stare into what appears to be an empty tent other than a sleeping bag. Yeah. And then he's going to come back and be like, hey, man, I didn't see him. Yeah. Right? No, you didn't because you can't. <laughs> you can't. You, you need a, you need a, a microscope yeah. to see a, a, a dust mite. Yeah. A very powerful one. Yeah. But just because you can't see it doesn't mm. mean it's not there. Yeah. And so just because you can't see the good in a circumstance or even a series of circumstances mm. in your life does not mean there is not good in the outcome. Wow, dude. And I have a perfect example for that. That is a true story. Yeah. I was listening to the radio, KSBJ, um, and I was listening. They had asked a question to the listener saying, hey, you guys feel free to call, call in. We want to hear any testimonies of a situation you thought was bad, but it ended up playing toward good. And this lady called and I was listening. And dude, this, this left me breathless, jaw yeah. on the floor and everything. The lady said... Um, so the lady had a son and the son's girlfriend had got in a car accident. Okay. And so it was a very terrible situation. Uh, she actually hurt her back pretty badly. Like she tried playing it off for a few days. Like, no, I should be fine. But she had a very, pro very hard time staying seated, walking around, stuff like that. So this lady had told his son's girlfriend, go to the doctor and get it checked. And so um, they, she ended up going to the doctor and she went and um, they ended up doing, I, I'm not too technical on like all the terms, like if, if it was an MRI, a CAT scan, I don't know those things, okay? Mm -hmm. um, but she went and she got checked. I think it was an x-ray or whatever it may have been. They went to go check on her back because it was hurting. They found very, very newly, like newly created um, cancer uh -huh. in her back. Yeah. It was early enough that they were able to just pull it out and she did not have to deal with cancer. If she were to have waited years longer, months longer, it would have grown to the point where they, they would have had to start doing treatment on Treatments, her. Yeah. But it was so fresh, freshly on her back. It, it wasn't caused by the accident. Yeah. It was going to happen anyways. Yeah. It was so fresh that they were able to just take it out. They were able to just pull it out. Yeah. If it was not for that terrible accident, she would have ended up having a future suffering with cancer. Yeah. Like that man. is a an example yeah. of something bad playing yeah. out for you. Go a situation where you're like, man, what is the good in this situation? I right. just got in a car crash and now my back's messed up. What is the good in it? Just because you don't see it doesn't mean that it's not there. Yeah. Yeah. And just to to also take that a step into a more uh I guess maybe a, a more painful mm -hmm. topic. Um, sometimes you get in these situations and, you know, I've had this conversation with people who um, a loved one possibly on their deathbed. Yeah. Right. And, and we're praying they don't die and we're praying they don't die and we're praying they don't die. Yeah. Um, now I understand that this, and I, you know, this might be offensive, but it's the truth. Um, this can only apply to a believer, mm -hmm. but from the standpoint of a believer, sometimes like if I was diagnosed with some kind of cancer, super aggressive stage four terminal, I'm going to die. Yeah, man. I need you guys to understand that is not a loss for me. Yeah. Right. Paul says in Philippians, either one or two yeah. death is gain, yeah. right? To live is to live for Christ and, and to die. It's only gain. Yeah. And so there are cases where death for the believer ends up being the ultimate gain. It yeah. ends up being the ultimate good because we're delivered from this corruption and brought into eternal glory. Yeah. Right. And so sometimes we have to have that mindset. We mourn. 
we mourn the loss of loved ones. Yeah. But the loved ones aren't mourning anymore. No. Right? Yeah. And so that's one thing to keep in mind. Um, yeah. I don't know. That I just don't like you shared that story. I'm like, man, that is freaking powerful. But then I'm like, what, you know, what about the circumstances I've had with people yeah. that come to me with situations like that and they lose a loved one or they lose and they're like, where, where was God? Where was you know? the good? Right. Yeah. And the good, now the good for them is that they're delivered from corruption. And then the good for you, uh, I, I, I don't have an answer, right? Yeah. I wish I could. Yeah. And I was, I was, um, I was actually at a really interesting, um, uh, last week I, was a few cars behind a very small car accident. Mm. Uh, and I had pulled over and I was asked at one point, um, not in any, like they weren't asking negatively. They were just curious. They were like, well, Hey, what do you think the good is in this? Mm. And I was like, I mean, you know, we've had the opportunity to help, you know, serve this other lady that's been involved. And, you know, there's these various things, but overall, I, I don't know that I could give, the good to the exact circumstance always, right? Yeah. We can't. Sometimes we don't have an answer to yeah. that. God does, yeah. right? In his infinite wisdom, God does. Yeah. But we don't because our wisdom and our understanding is so finite. But yeah. here's what I can say. The answer cannot be that he doesn't care mm. in our suffering, yeah. right? It can't be that. Yeah. Uh, and and we know that, like last week, right? The, def- the strongest defense for the existence of God is that God came in the flesh. Yeah. The strongest argument for God being all powerful and God being good and God caring about our suffering and caring about our evil is the fact that Jesus Christ, God in the flesh came and he really, he bore our ultimate suffering on the cross. Yeah. Right. That's what Isaiah 53, four through six says. Yeah. He bore all of it on himself. Yeah. Uh, all the way to the degree of bearing even the wrath of God. Yeah. Right. He knew what he was getting himself into to the point where in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's sweating blood. Yeah. Because the stress was so high and the anxiety was so high. Yeah. Because what he was bearing on himself. Mm. And so when we see Christ and him crucified for our sin, he wasn't obligated to do that. Yeah. He he voluntarily stepped down in love and bore that on himself for us. Yeah. The answer cannot be that he doesn't care. Exactly. It can't. And, and you brought up a really good point and it, and it brought this thought to my head like we suffer but it leads to good because yeah. it's promised by the Bible and it leads to glory. Yeah. Right? We don't have to go through suffering that leads to destruction or condemnation because Jesus already Absolutely. did that. Absolutely. That is so important to understand. Like even the suffering you are going through, give glory to God that that suffering is not because of your sin. It is not because no. of your infidelity to the Lord. It is not because of uh, your fall uh, your fall to his glorious standard. It is not because of that. It's because life happens the only person that experienced suffering that led to destruction and condemnation and god's wrath was jesus absolutely no one outside of jesus got to experience that type of suffering yeah and that's why paul says in romans 8 1 uh there is therefore now no condemnation for those in christ jesus because christ was condemned yeah but also for those of you who are struggling with your life circumstances there's something you have to keep in mind agreed it is not a result. It's not God's judgment on your sin yeah. because Christ was judged. Exactly. It's not God's wrath or anger toward you because Christ was punished by that. Yeah. If you believe Christ, none of that is directed toward you Yeah. because Christ took it. Yep. Now, where do we stand? Uh, similar, uh, Tim Keller, I love how he puts it. Uh, 
talking about Jacob, right? Jacob wrestled with God. Uh-huh. He says that Jesus is the true and better Jacob who wrestled with God and took the the ultimate blow of Whoa. death so that we only receive the blow of of discipline and grace, yeah, right? Discipline, I love yeah. that. And so Hebrews 12, starting in verse 5, this is what the author Hebrews says, just for those of you who are in the midst of suffering, right? Yeah. And you're wondering why. Again, we may not give a direct answer, but... Uh, He says, starting in verse five, and have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, my child, don't take light the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you for the Lord disciplines those whom he loves and punishes each one. Uh, he accepts as his child. Yeah. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Whoever, whoever heard of a child who never was disciplined by his father, if God doesn't discipline you as he does his own children, it means that you are, an Ill, that you are illegitimate and you are not really one of his children at all. Mm. And so when you think about that, and some of you guys are going, okay, discipline, like what the heck? Discipline makes it sound like I did something wrong. Yeah. Keep in mind, maybe you did, yeah. right? Sometimes it's the consequences of yeah. our actions, but other times, keep in mind, your heart is a constant idol factory. Yeah. When God disciplines us, it means he's shaping us. It means he removes things from our lives that he knows the overall outcome will not be good if yeah. we keep it. And discipline looks different in every person, sure. in every situation. Like, let me ask you this. How did discipline look for you growing up? Huh. Uh, a belt. Yeah. Yeah. I never really got, I think I got grounded once when I was like nine. And I hear so many people that don't get hit by the belt and are just grounded. Yeah. Discipline looks different depending on the person, depending on the parent, right? Yeah. And so discipline looks different in your life, differently depending on the situation. Like, yeah. I, I can say personally, I got disciplined last night by God. I went to a Bible study. The person that gave that Bible study, I feel like God was directly speaking to me about the idols that I have in my heart. Yeah. And I'm like, dang, like... I promise you it's been a long time since I heard such a convicting, such a a, uh, disciplined word of the Lord, man. And it was a discipline, but that discipline looks different than the other ways that the Lord has disciplined me in the past. But the thing is like, even when you want to say you are being disciplined for what you've done, you can't say that you're being punished and condemned for what you've done because right. that, that doesn't exist. You're not suffering because of something that you did. Even the discipline in your life proves that God loves you. You, So what more the suffering that leads to glory and the suffering that leads to good? Yeah. Doesn't that mean he also loves you all Absolutely. the more? And keep it in mind. God uses oftentimes, most oftentimes, God uses the suffering in this life to remind us this is not our home. Yes. Right? Uh, C.S. Lewis, I, I looked this quote up. Uh, it, it's, it doesn't run completely in hand with this, but it was in a conversation I was having last night. But just a, just a, a reality check. C.S. Lewis says this. He says, these things, the beauty, the memory of our own past are good images of what we really desire. But if they are mistaken for the thing itself, they turn into dumb idols, breaking the hearts of their worshipers. For they they are not the thing itself. They are only a scent of a flower we have not found, the echo of a tune we have not heard, news from a country we have never yet visited. In other words, he's saying we have blessings in this life. We have things in, in, our, in this life that we enjoy. Yeah. And those are gifts given to us from God. But because our heart is idolatrous, yeah. right? 
because our heart is idolatrous, we'll make those things into into ultimate things where we make this life our home. God has to be constantly shaking the cage. Otherwise, we will very quickly do that. And so we'll idolize the things of this life. So God reminds us this place is not where we belong. Yeah, man, I love that. Um, I mean, it says it in Romans somewhere. You may know you might know. Um, but it says that we are subject to God's curse mm-hmm. and that curse is we're corruptible. We, we perish. We, right. we, we go through pain. Like if yeah. I, if I, if I take a knife right now and I slash you, what's going to happen? You're going to bleed. You're going to get hurt because you are bound by the physical, by the, we talked about restraints a couple of podcasts ago, yeah. the restraints of the Lord. One of those restraints is you're, you're bound by what you are in and you're in a fleshly physical body that endures suffering that has to endure corruption that has to endure uh perish because of sin yeah yeah and because of sin you know what i mean but colossians 3 2 says look not at the things of this world but look at the things that are above right don't look at like like daniel said don't see this as your your permanent home this is not your permanent home your permanent home is in heaven yeah where your body cannot be killed by people or destroyed by moths and thieves like that like the word of god says like look forward guys i want to encourage you guys like yes we go through tough situations um i can say i've been through tough situations but i can't say i've been through the worst because i know people that have gone through far worse than myself so i want to sympathize with you guys but i want to encourage you guys to just look forward yeah look beyond your situation look toward god and you'll see the good in it even whenever it looks like there is none yeah Jonathan Edwards, his first sermon he ever gave when he was 18 years old, the title was Christians Should Be Happy. And the three points, uh, one, and I won't quote this well, but one, all of our bad will turn out for our good. Mm. Two, none of our good things can ever be taken away from us. And then three, the best is yet to come. Yeah. And so that's like, that's a lens through which we could see life to find a lot of peace, right? Yeah. Um, So all that being said, uh, just to apply this, into our the series we're in, uh, Proverbs sixteen thirty three says, "We may throw the dice, but the Lord determines how they fall." Yeah, right. That's important to keep in mind because what he's saying is, you can throw the dice for some random outcome, but still, that's the Lord's decision, yeah. right? And so, when you think about the circumstances in your life, however good or however bad they may seem, the Lord is still working he's still present he's still yes. sovereignly functioning and and working all things according to the purpose of purpose of his will yeah which in this life may be painful yeah but in the one to come it will not be and so as we move through the rest of this series we need to see uh that there is an intelligent intention behind every single thing and every single circumstance yeah. that can ever be and that will ever be yeah god is intending it for his purposes. And so we want to move through this series with that lens, yeah, right? Definitely. But secondly, we want to provide you guys uh with a lens to see the rest of your life. Yeah. In every circumstance that you encounter that you have promises to return back to. Yeah. Not losing your hope that you have a good father in heaven, yeah. right, who loves you and who cares for you. Yeah. Man, I love that. And it moving forward like we're we're bi- we're what we're doing is we're establishing building blocks for yeah. this series. Um, and like we mentioned in the previous podcast, it's going to lead to every aspect of life. We're yeah. going to, we're going to hit it. 
we're going to hit it using, like we said, Genesis 1 through 3 and yeah. all of Scripture, really. Uh, so far, to catch you guys up, we had our first episode of this um, series, right? God exists, and we yeah. saw it through a scriptural lens, through the lens of Scripture. God exists, and He's actively working in our lives. Last podcast, right, we, t- we talked about the universe being created with intelligence. Mm-hmm. And this podcast, we really aimed at all of creation being out of yeah. intention and yeah. of purpose and out of value. Yeah. yeah. So going forward, know that there is a creator out there that created in intelligently and intentionally. Yeah. And he is intentionally running the clock right yeah. now. Right now. Everything. Every single thing. And so moving forward, we're just I'm excited for just every step that we're going to take in this series. And so I want to encourage you guys again to share this podcast. Yeah. Uh, you didn't, you don't really hear us saying that a lot through the mic, right? But we want to do it because we know how much people need to hear this. When Daniel and I first started this podcast, what was really in our hearts was that we want to be able to provide something that isn't out there a lot, yeah. which is the truth, yeah. which is resource, which is uh, really like just a way of seeing life through the lens that God has given us, but not many people are willing to see it through that lens. Yeah. And so share this, guys. I really encourage you to share it. Uh, I've, we've heard a lot of good feedback, a lot yeah. of encouragement. And so yeah. let's keep doing that. Not for my glory, not for Daniel's nah. glory, for God's glory. Yeah. Let's pray, man, on that note. Yeah, dude. Shoot. Father, we thank you uh, that according to your word, you are going to get glory um, no matter what. And so... I'm thankful for that, Father, because I know how deceptive our own hearts can be. Uh, but it's so comforting knowing that no matter no matter what our motive is, Father, you will be glorified. I'm praying that our hearts stay in motive with your glory um, and that you guard us and you protect us. And we pray, Lord, that as this podcast continues to to be a resource for the listeners, Lord, that you would provide their hearts with all the spiritual blessings in Christ, that you would give them peace and knowledge and understanding and wisdom, and that you would stir their hearts through your word uh, to, to pursue you stronger, to walk with you greater, to love you more. Father, our, our hearts are so idolatrous, and your first commandment is that we should have no gods before you. Lord, let your truth penetrate through the darkness and the hardness in our hearts so that idols just fall off the same way Dagon did. And may you be glorified for your name's sake. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, we'll see you all next week. See you all next week. Thank you so much for listening. We hope this podcast has served as a blessing to you. If you want to contact us or want more information, visit our website at storehousemedia.org or follow us on all social media platforms at Storehouse Media. Until next time, grace and peace.